What is up, everybody? It's Aaron Griffin. Welcome into the Get After It podcast. This is episode 178, and we're joined today uh, by Liz Bigger. Uh, she's a peak performance coach. She helps people overcome burnout, um, get out of really being able to get to their highest potential while avoiding burnout. And we talk about a lot of strategies in this podcast, both mental, physical things that you're inputting into your body, things that you're thinking about, practices, routines, habits. This is a fun episode, and I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be impactful for you uh, on your journey. Uh, Liz was a thrill to host. We had, this is for, I think it was actually, ironically, the headset I used for recording it. The audio is less than appealing on my end. Not too bad by any means, but definitely mediocre on this one. Hers is much better. Um, I just want to give you all a heads up in the meantime. Interview, though, is really good. Excited to hear your feedback on this. Let's go. Let's roll the intro. This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Let's go. Welcome in, everybody. So stoked to have you back with us for another episode of the Get After It Podcast. I'm thrilled. Uh, for my guest today, Liz Bigger is uh, just the, the energy that we've had since connecting has been amazing. And we had a chance to, she, she's a coach and she, she helps people with burnout. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of, a, my, I'm excited about this conversation because of how much it relates to where my life was at 18 months ago. Um, at the tail end of my, my last venture is, as you all know, with, with, with the student painters and when I was running my painting business, how burnt out and, and, and just, just challenging it was um, to push forward. And I want to talk to her so much today about that, about her life, what she's doing and coaching, where she's been. And, uh, um, and not only just not only right now, but kind of her where she's headed, some of the cool things with that. Liz, welcome to the Get After podcast. I'm so stoked that you volunteered some time to join us here today. Hey, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be here. I'm super excited and to see what we get on today. Obviously, in the uh, introduction, we talked about your book. We talked about some of the things you're doing. Can you can you maybe catch our listeners up? Just share a little bit of like almost like a, I hate the word. Well, I hate the strong word. The elevator pitch is like not the deal, but like, you know, just just catch our readers up who are readers. Goodness, our listeners catch our listeners up on what's going on with your life and and why you're, what brings you here to the show. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So uh, I've been coaching for a while and uh, my passion right now is I love to work with entrepreneurs, leaders, business owners, managers who find themselves uh, suffering from burnout, you know, and the symptoms of burnout are, you know, lack of motivation, loss of focus, fatigue, you know, they're, they can tell that their diet just isn't where it's supposed to be, relationships are suffering, you know, those workaholics, you know, because when we're entrepreneurs, we feel like we're gonna, you know, have to put a hundred hours into our business every week, and that leaves no time for anything else. So that's that's what my passion is right now. That's what I, who I'm working with right now. What what is burnout, by the way? Like, do you have a definition for that? Because I think of it like I can immediately because I've gone through it, but I feel like it's also it's one of those things like um, we've talked about on the show, like the difference between just a just a just a a bad season in life versus a rock season in your life um 
burnout, I would say, is probably more associated with a bad season of your life than, than simply a rock bottom, but it can lead to a rock bottom if you don't get through it. What's burnout and why does it get you so fired up to talk about? What Absolutely. Yeah, it's so interesting that you asked me that. And um, I was actually surfing the web the other day and I was checking out some some websites and they're actually especially internationally right now, they're actually identifying this burnout. And I think it has a lot to do with the COVID. You know, everyone's working from home. So we're completely accessible 24 seven, you know, you know, our phones, we're checking email before we have breakfast in the morning, we're working all the way until we go to bed at night. And uh, I think uh, so the international community is actually addressing it right now and actually naming it, you know, burnout syndrome. And basically burnout syndrome is when um, you're just so laser focused on your business or so not paying attention to everything else. You're not taking care of yourself. So you're not getting enough sleep and the sleep makes you eat not good food. And then the not good food makes you feel, you know, lethargic and fog brain. And then, you know, if it gets extreme, a lot of times something in the body will break, you know, something in the body will break and then you end up in the, you know, in the hospital or with the doctor and the doctors, sometimes they can figure out what it is and sometimes they can't. So the key is really to pay attention to how much time you're spending, you know, on your business and how much time you're spending taking care of yourself. And uh, so basically it's, it's just running yourself into the ground is what it is. And I think it's interesting. It's not, I mean, maybe it, it's, it, it's interesting, right? Cause like entrepreneurs and people who are frankly, they just manage their own schedule uh, are probably more prone to burnout in the sense that it's, um, I'm trying, actually, no, let me ask you that question. Why, why are entrepreneurs and specifically like self-starters, producers, people who are in sales doing those things, why, are they more prone to burnout than people with the, I hate to call it nine to five, but like a regular, a regular J-O-B in a sense. And, and why is that, if that's the case? I think, you know, just based on what I've experienced and what I've seen is a lot of times the entrepreneurs are so their identity is so wrapped up in what they're doing, you know, and also, you know, the self-starters and the leaders and they they really don't have any kind of life outside of their work, you know, so they get up in the morning, they eat, breathe and sleep their work all day long. And uh, they almost feel like they're cheating on their business if they, if they go have fun, do something else, or if they connect with people outside of their work or, you know, they just feel like, oh, I should be doing something else. And I, I really feel like in entrepreneurs, I have to say, you know, cause I'm an entrepreneur and they're a different animal. Like we are a different animal. We, you know, there's a lot of people you can ask them. In fact, my sister's an engineer and, you know, I've, I've asked her, I was like, Hey, you know, why don't you hang your shingle and like start your own business and like not interested at all. Like, I don't know the percentages, but there's not a lot of people who really just want to go out there on their own and just create something, you know? So it really kind of becomes our baby. And, you know, we want to spend all our time on our baby and we just to the detriment of everything else until we figure out, oh, wait, you know, my health is failing. I have no relationships. Um, you know, I'm not getting any sleep. And, and to get to the point where you cannot function and do all the things you want to do, you know, you're suffering from fatigue and, you know, loss of motivation and your focus is everywhere. And, you know, the symptoms are what drive people to pay attention usually. Yeah, that's so good. What you know, it's fine. We were talking about your because you're working on a book right now, right? And yeah. Mm -hmm. it, 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 we were we were talking about the 
like like the because because like my audience probably laughs at me when I say I'm working on a book at this point. Now they don't laugh at me. They're they're waiting for it probably at some point because it's been it's been a progress since launching the podcast. We we've had the book done. It's just been that's not true. We probably finished it maybe about maybe about a year or so ago. The the manuscript got done about ten months ago. Then the the book itself is getting ready to launch in June. But with that being said, the podcast has been around for eighteen months since 2019. So. The audience has been waiting for my book. But one thing I recognize, and we're talking about this is like the, it's interesting with, cause it's like, you, you, you think you're gonna write such a longer book when you're, when you're sitting down, you have all of this stuff and all these things that you're going, and, but then you actually get it down on paper and it's like, oh, this is actually a little bit more concise. With burnout, this is an interesting thing because it's actually like, you don't need a 700 page book to get over burnout. You need a, what do you, what do you need? Like, what are some steps that people are, despite of what they're doing, like despite their background, whether they are entrepreneurs, whether they manage their own schedule or not, burnout's a thing that, especially with the work from home thing today, there's no separation from work and from play and from uh, home life and from these things. How do we guard against burnout? And how do you really get yourself out of that funk when, you, when you've identified that you're there? Yeah, there's actually a couple of different um, ways that I work with people on getting out of burnout. And I think, you know, based on what you were just saying, you know, how our lives is just like completely bled together, you know, the work, the play, the family, it's all in one spot right now. And um, one of the biggest things that we can do is boundaries. You know, I, you know, when I work with people, it's like, you know, you have to set really clear boundaries, like in the morning, do not check your email before you breakfast. You know, I know so many people, they get up in the morning, they get their cup of coffee, they start checking email. No, don't do that. Do not do that. Like set a time for your work day to start and it doesn't start until that time. So, you know, this trying, we can distract ourselves like all day long, just these little trying to get, you know, one little tiny thing done here, one little tiny thing done there. And then next thing you know, we're exhausted and we didn't spend any time with our family you know, we didn't get all the things done we wanted to get done. And, you know, we're just, we're spent by the end of the day. So, and then in the evening, set a boundary in the evening too. You know, this is the time that my workday ends. And this is the time for my family, put it on the calendar. Like I'm going to spend time with my family from six o'clock to seven o'clock or six o'clock to eight o'clock. And then let that be sacred. You know, you put the phone down and it's hard. It's hard, 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 you know, I work with people on this and accountability is huge, you know, cause you know, my clients, when they text me, they're like, Oh my God, I totally put my phone down for two hours. I'm like, so happy for you. So glad you're able to do that. Cause it's, it's not easy to do, but it's, it's something that, you know, if you want to be able to stay out of burnout, like boundaries are huge and, you know, keep your work kind of separate from, from the, from the rest of it and make sure those other things that you want to do get on the calendar, you know, and put yourself on the calendar. So many people, they think that, you know, I'm working, it's my business there. It's for me. These things I'm doing in my business are for me, but they're not like you have to fill it, feed your passions. You have to know outside of work, who are you and what do you like to do outside of work that has nothing to do with work? Like, do you like to go hiking? Do you like to go kayaking? Put that on the calendar, even if it's only like once a month, like give yourself a whole afternoon to just go and, you know, do something that feeds your soul and, you know, is more passionate for you. Oh, so those are so a couple good. of things. And then of course no, there's the diet stuff too. Like I, yeah. I'm big on sleep and I'm big on eating right. So that helps a lot too. 
well, let's dive into that. But first on this, like, I, I think of it like the, the, one of the first things I made the adjustment with and like with, with the painting business, when I was scaling this, I never took a day off. Like even the day off was not really a day off, if that made sense, right? Like I was still on the phone. I was still doing things. And the reason was looking back on it, I, I built my identity in line with my work. So to me, a day off was almost like it was weird because I couldn't actually enjoy a day off because the people I enjoyed to talk to, my only friends, if you would say, were literally in the business. I mean, that's how unhealthy it was to an extent from a social standpoint. And what I found now, at least, and this is one thing we talked about, it, I think it depends on everybody's life cycle, you know, what season they're in. And one thing that we found is like, especially with the clients that we work with today, and, and, and I talked to entrepreneurs like this is not this is not something that Aaron Griffin discovered. This is something that, frankly, it goes back thousands of years. I practice Sabbath every Sunday. I'm turned I'm turned off. I don't I don't do those things. And that's something that's new to me. But it's the first thing that we usually coach in with people, especially people who are working from home and doing things where they they need a day a week to be unplugged, turned off of what they're doing in their business. Because what I found. If you don't do that, you actually lose sight of why you're doing a business should be a vehicle that serves you ultimately, right? And, and, and if you don't have that time, you don't, you use the word boundaries. If you don't set up the word, the boundaries that are going to enable you to see, okay, this is great. I find some success in this business. How do I actually, you know, why? Like, what's the point of this all, right? Like, what, why are we even here for all of this? And it has to be more than simply finding a business that fulfills you. You have to do things like the kayaking, like the golfing, like the things that actually connect you with the world outside of your business to help drive you forward with those things. It's really healthy. And the reality is it doesn't happen if you don't schedule it. That's really good. Do you have anything to add to that? That was kind of a tangent on my own end, but I, I love what you had to say there. Yeah, no, I think that is so perfect, you know, spot on um, taking a day off, unplugging, disconnecting. And I have realized too in my business, because, you know, I had a business before um, and I just, I work 24 seven and I basically, I experienced burnout. That's why I'm so passionate about it right now is because I don't want other people to have to go through what I went through. If we can catch it before, you know, like you said, it's rock bottom, we're so much better off. And so building this business that I have now, I'm, I'm very conscious of the time that I spend and where I spend it and what I'm doing. And I actually also take time off on the weekend. Uh, I wish I could say I put my phone down and I completely disconnect. I'm not that good, but I do take a, take a day off of actually working on my business, um, working in my business. I, um, and I've even actually implemented a new little section in my weekend. It's for self-development because that's something else. Like I'm not happy if I'm not learning and growing myself. So not only do I want to like step away from my business and what I'm doing, but there's also like things I want to learn about. They may or may not go into my business, but they're things that I am passionate about, things I want to learn about and know about. So like, and that's the time for me to like listen to podcasts and read books and check out webinars and, you know, see what everyone else is up to right now and really develop myself along, you know, as I keep working my business, I want to continue to develop as well. And uh, I just want to make sure that gets put in there too, but absolutely. And I found too, taking that weekend off, like I am jazzed on Monday morning. I am so jazzed to hit it on Monday morning. Like if I work through the weekend on and off, whatever, sporadically, 
Monday, I'm exhausted. I, I feel like I've worked all weekend and yep. I'm just like, meh, okay, business, here we go. You know, clients, okay, here we go. You know, but I want to be like pumped and jazzed. And when I take that time off, Monday morning, I am pumped and jazzed. I'm ready to hit it. You know, it's almost like I'm kind of a, it's, it's almost like we really are. It's fine. It, this isn't going to be shocking to many people, but, but like it's, we're addicted to work, right? Like, especially Americans, we'd love to be busy, but it's, it's an interesting thing where we actually associate not being, I, I, maybe I could be wrong on this, but maybe you see this with your clients. Like we associate busyness with productivity and the flip it around. We associate if we're not busy, that means we're not driving towards the goal. We're not doing X, Y, and Z. We're not doing any of these things. And that's hard, I think, just from the producer mindset uh, to come to terms with, right? Like if you aren't busy, you aren't productive. The problem with that, that, it, that leads to the idea that just trading your time always means you're getting an ROI from it, which the reality is we know that that's just unhealthy. It's actually a recipe for disaster when you're looking at it simply from a time in time out standpoint. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And, and something else I'll add into there is there's some mindset stuff that goes on around what you were just saying. What I found is that we associate busy with productive with important. Yes. yes. And when we figure out that, you know, guess what? You're important anyway whether you're working on your business or not, it does, it really has no um, reflection on your actual importance or, you know, your worth or any of that. So, you know, that's a mindset thing that we work through. And then also the other thing that you said, um, the actual return on ROI, like taking the time off will actually make you more productive. I think that's what you were getting at. And that's what I've seen with my clients, you know, when, when I'm able, when I'm able to get them to set the boundaries and be very, very conscious with their time and what we're doing. Oh, and that was the other thing I was going to mention too. Another mindset thing is we associate not being productive, not going for that ROI, you know, whatever um, activity as lazy, mm. as lazy. And that's, that's, I, I'm not sure where that comes from, but I hear it from my clients all the time. They just can't sit still. They can't, like, they feel like they have to be checking their email or they have to be, you know, returning a phone call or, you know, they have to be doing something at all times. And uh, if not, they are lazy. And that's just not the case at all. Taking an afternoon off, you know, feeding your soul, feeling, you know, finding your passions, that is, that is just healthy. It's not lazy. Well, so it's a mindset shift we have to do. You mentioned, you mentioned sleep uh, a few minutes ago, and it's like, I, I thought of it too, like um, I used to associate the lack of sleep I got when I was scaling, you know, and I look, I also look at this, like everything happens for a reason. I think there's, you know, I had a, I had an opportunity to scale a business at, a, at, a, at an age that most people don't have the opportunity to do. And obviously I put myself into that position to do it. But at the same time, I also, I think I learned a lot of how to not live and how to not run a business from that experience. And, and, and I'm grateful for those lessons. One of them was, it almost was a source of pride that I was getting four hours of sleep a night, right? And it wasn't until we actually had a, we had a Odakar Kletsky on, I think it was like episode 89 or something. We had a, she's a, she's a brain and body wizard. She's the body whisperers, her title. And she, she's so good. She, she talked about how we associate, well, really like, we, you know, you know how there's some people, there's the idea that some people can get less sleep 
but that's just that's just that's just a lie. She said something like one in ten million could actually operate on less than seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And the reality is you have to ask yourself, it's like when you're in a producer role, and frankly, it's a role of leadership, you're in the decision-making role. You're not going to make all the right decisions. You'll probably be wrong more than you're right, right? It's just that you're making the decisions. But would you not be in a better position to make those decisions both for yourself and for others and the people that you're directly responsible for by simply doing something as, as, as brutally simple as getting enough sleep. Can you, do you want to speak on that at all? Cause I'm sure that contributes to the burnout factor because eventually you get to a spiral where the burnout actually prevents you from being able to sleep too. And that's really where you're, you're really, you're really down the limbo. Absolutely. That is, you know, you're spot on with that one too. I, um, I love to speak to that because sleep is huge. Sleep is huge. When I had, you know, my flare out and I burned out before, that was yeah. one of the same things. And, and what I found is it's actually kind of a self-licking ice cream cone with busy people. <clears throat> so like we get stuck, we get so busy. I love that line. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's great. Yeah. Well, it on. is. It's like, cause we get, it's just a cycle. We get so busy, you know, where we get our adrenaline turned on. And then when we lay down at, at night to go to sleep, we can't, our brain is hundred miles an hour. And that's if we even do lay down. So we get in the habit of just staying up until we just, you know, can't take it anymore. And then we go to bed and we get like four hours, get up the next morning and we try to do it all again, you know? And like I said, the lack of sleep is huge for, you know, all the decisions, decisions that you're making in your business, the decisions that you're making for other people in your business, but it's also terrible for your personal decisions. It's terrible for the food choices that you're making, um, you know, how you're spending your time. It, it, it makes it almost impossible to do what I was talking about with the boundaries. And, you know, your day just becomes like this avalanche of activity. And, you know, the same thing happens again, your adrenaline's on, you want to go to bed, you can't, you end up staying up, you get four hours of sleep. And you're not the first person that I've heard that, you know, that is, in fact, I have a little story. A friend of mine, she, uh, she was on, um, I've, I've been telling her for years, I'm like, you need to get more sleep. And she gets about, she gets sick five to six hours and she's like, I'm great on five to six hours. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I don't like butt in if people are happy with what's going on. She goes to the doctor and she got her A1C back and she's like borderline diabetic. And so the doctor gave her like a list of, you know, things, holistic things that she could do to like fix her A1C. And so on the list of things to do, she's doing all the things except getting eight hours of sleep a night. So that was her wake up call. Like she's not okay. She felt okay. She got up and she felt like she was being productive and she felt okay all day long, but she's, you know, next thing you know, you got a health, you know, uh, a health syndrome or, you know, a health issue and you have to pay attention to, to that, you know, that one thing. And it was just so specific that, I mean, on this list, it was so specific. That's the only thing she's not already doing to, to bring her A1C down. And so, you know, she's really trying to learn how to get more sleep. And like I said, because it's such a syndrome, such a cycle, right. you really in order to start getting more sleep, you have to start doing more things than just like going to bed at a certain time every night. You know, like for me, when I needed to start getting more sleep, it was impossible. So I had to like, I learned to start, I started meditating. You know, I learned to like, even for just 10 minutes a day, just to get myself out of that fight or flight. So that when I lay down at night, I could actually relax and get into and go to sleep at a decent hour. 
and I've also found for myself, like there's actually a, a sweet spot of sleep. Like if I go to, if I lights out at like 10 o'clock, I can drift right off to sleep. If I stay up past 1030, I'm up till midnight because there's just, that's my sweet spot's gone. Like I don't really get sleepy again until midnight. And then I'm only getting six hours of sleep. So, you know, I really had to learn like, what is my sweet spot for, for laying down and relaxing and being able to drift off to sleep? So, I mean, there's a lot more to it than just like going to bed and getting some sleep because it's, you know, it's harder than that. Well, it's, it, and it's interesting. It's a, well, your sleep is directly tied to your habits and your schedule, right? Like your cycle that you're on, you know, like if you're, if, because a lot of us, like we can control, we hypothetically control calendar, but we, we do and we don't, right? Like we're, it, we're, we're creatures of habits and it takes the, it takes the intention and the, the, the time, frankly, to adjust those habits over time. How do you, what is the big, is, is the, because I think of it, I, it's so fun. It, it cracks me up in retrospect, looking back on all these times of burnout and challenges. It's like, they're all associated with a lack of sleep, you know, almost, almost all of them, right? So what about, what about our diet? You know, our diet is huge. You mentioned your diet is like, especially with, uh, with your sleep actually fuels well, just worse decisions. So like, of course, you're going to reach for the cheeseburger, uh, fast food, if you have the option of that versus the salad or the thing back home or whatever the case would be. That's the classic analogy. But talk about the diet. How does that even impact like for, for because during burnout, is it like we're looking for that short term gratification? So maybe that's where we're reaching towards it or and maybe actually maybe even reflect on your own journey, because I know you, 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 you're really well versed in this. You've got a lot of reps in there. I'd love to just kind of hear your thoughts on it. Really, oh, absolutely. Really simple question. Let's, let's talk about the diet. Let's talk about the diet. The diet. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's um, I, I, it, when you were talking, the thing that just kept uh, popping in my mind was when we're tired, we reach for the stimulants, the sugar, mm. the caffeine. Like that's what we want. We want that thing that'll give us that extra little boost because we're tired, right? And the bad news of about caffeine and sugar is that we crash. And so then what do we have to do? We have to drink it again. We have to get some more caffeine. We have to get some more sugar. And those two things are just so not so terrible for, for productivity, for actually, for actually getting your brain to work well and, you know, and being able to be optimum in your, in your thought processes and stuff. I mean, yeah, you're up and you're pushing the buttons and you're sending out the emails, but you know, as far as being able to actually focus on what you're doing and 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 do do it well is is questionable when you're on those two the two stimulants. And like I like what you said the the cheeseburger absolutely. When we're tired, you know, we 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 go for the comfort food, you know, because we're tired. We want to feel better, so we're going to go for that comfort food. So we're going to eat that cheeseburger. We're going to want that, you know, steak and fries. We're gonna, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with steak and fries, but you know, we got to get those vegetables in there. That's to me, that's one of the biggest things that's missing in most people's diet is vegetables. And it's funny because um, when I was, you know, healing my gut and getting better and, you know, really focus, hyper-focus on, on diet, what I realized is as, as Americans, especially we eat about 10 vegetables our whole life. Like whatever we like got raised on like those are the only vegetables that ever really make it into our life and we'll usually two or three of them and we just eat them over and 
again, the couple that we like, we like carrots, you know, we like peas, you know, those are the ones that we eat all the time, but we got to switch it up. There's like oodles and oodles of vegetables out there. And so one of the things I work with my clients with, and this, this sounds easier to do than it actually is, is I challenge them to eat five to seven vegetables a day and servings of vegetables a day. And if you eat five to seven servings of vegetables a day, you're not, you're not, there's no room or time for much else you know, and it's challenging. You have to eat vegetables for breakfast. You have to eat vegetables for lunch and you have to eat vegetables for dinner. And uh, you got to switch it up because you get really sick of the same vegetables over and over again. But to me, that's one of the biggest things um, that we don't do. And like I said, when, when you're tired and you're not getting enough sleep and, and making the vegetables, vegetables is harder to do than caffeine and sugar and comfort food, you know, and Cheetos and, you know, things that come in bags and boxes are so much easier than to actually go to the store and get, you know, whole organic vegetables. And if you're gonna like cook them or steam them or do something to them, then you have to do that. And then you have to eat them. So, I mean, or you can eat them raw. Raw is great too. Raw vegetables are amazing. Um, I love to put them in smoothies. You put three or four vegetables in a smoothie every morning and that's my breakfast. You know, I think you about know. like my, uh, my, my Nutella probably doesn't fit into that. I was, we were talking before the podcast. I've been, I've been living off of like avocado toast and Nutella toast. That's kind of been, that's, that's what my fridge consists of right now. But it, short term, while we're in Mexico, I'm just trying to do the things. But it's, but at the same rate, it's interesting with, um, especially like, so like getting into the, from a produce, from a, from a, from a, from a growth standpoint, we often associate too, from a fitness level, we want proteins and protein. Yes. We really don't get protein from vegetables. What do we get from vegetables? It's, it's vitamins, it's minerals. It's literally yeah. from the sun and the earth. This is like, this is what they bring us. So like yeah. having those, having those feasting on those things. And, and I guess let's let, if we could do this, you've been so generous with your time. I've got just a couple more questions and we'll, we'll wrap this if that's cool. Um, what is it yeah, exactly? That's absolutely cool. Well, what what is it exactly for you that is like? Is it kind of like when you're when you've identified you're in the burnout? What are do do you try to adjust everything in your life, or what are like the most important things that you need to just get a lever on and let's start moving, let's start measuring, and let's start tracking these things? Where do you find that? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. That's a really great question. And, you know, and I kind of wanted to like, you know, speak to your audience too, because I know that you, you, you know, your, your audience is young, young entrepreneurs. And, you know, I did want to say that the beautiful thing about, you know, being young is that your body can usually absorb a lot of stuff. And, you know, the good news is like the, the few important, important things that I found that if you implement those, they really, really will help like kind of insulate you against burnout. And the number one thing, like I said, was boundaries, you know, making sure that you take a time for yourself. The second thing is drink lots of water. <laughs> we just don't drink enough water, you know, uh, drink ha half your body weight in ounces of water a day, you know, and definitely um, to pay attention to your diet. Like if you're young and you know, you don't have to necessarily eat five to seven vegetables a day. That's like for someone who's trying to like recover from burnout if you've already hit it. If you're just trying to avoid burnout, just pay attention to getting some vegetables in your diet, you know, and check out the superfoods. I love that you mentioned avocados. 
avocados are a superfood. They're amazing. Blueberries, a superfood, amazing. Like there's so many things at the at the grocery store in the produce section that if you just add one thing a week, like you're gonna really, really help yourself. And I just have to stress, I really do have to stress, stay away from the caffeine. Like if you cannot function without like four cups of coffee in the morning, start backing that down. See if you can't back that down and make up that energy with sleep and a little bit of exercise. Even if you're only walking and doing like, if you walk 20, 30 minutes a day, like you'd be amazed at how much that will increase your energy level. And then you're not quite so um, dependent on the stimulants, on the sugar and the caffeine. And that's also like it's cycles, right? Like if you recognize that you're drinking caffeine every single freaking day, um, do something that just puts you out of your comfort zone for the day that you not just don't drink it. Like do something, switch, switch something up, go work out first thing in the morning, just like force yourself to put on your tennis shoes, get out of the house and do something where you're going to have energy without the coffee, because all it is, is like, it's disruption of patterns, right? Like you should be, you should be enjoying the cup of coffee, not being married Dependent. to the cup of coffee. Yes. Right. Well, and another thing I will say, I love what you said, you know, get out of your comfort zone and just go do something new. Um, and it's really what I've learned too, is super helpful as a coach, obviously accountability. Even if you just tell your, tell a friend, say, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to drink less coffee. You just tell a friend, make a declaration, tell your friend. And then the next day when you don't drink the coffee, you can text your friend and say, Hey, guess what? I only had three cups instead of four cups. And then the next day you can say, I only had two cups instead of three cups, you know, and just you know, get some accountability, you know, even, and you may have someone in your life who wants to like do some healthy stuff too. And you guys can like cheer each other on. Cause that can, it could be so isolating. And when we start doing these things and we think we're the only ones with these problems and the only ones trying to do this. So, you know, find a, find some friends, find a community, get, get some accountability and support going on. Love that. Love that. Um, I want to thank the audience for hanging with us this this long into the episode. I hope this has been really beneficial. Uh, Liz, do you mind just sharing like what's 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 coming up for you? What's exciting for the audience? What should they know about what you're doing? Obviously, the book will be out soon and some of the well, I mean, just tell me, tell, tell us a little bit about what's coming up in your world and would love to and appreciate your time again coming on here. Oh, no, no I'm happy, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, yeah. So what's coming up with me? Yeah, obviously the book is coming out. I'm looking for, you know, and the launch is going to be a couple months. Super excited about that. And um, I'm also uh, booking some speaking gigs coming up. So super excited about that. And uh, my my program, uh, the Burnout Solver program uh, is on offer. And I'm looking to um, put together like some group coaching opportunities coming up soon on that too. So super excited. Good stuff happening. Lots going on. How can people follow along with you? Is there yeah, social medias, all of that stuff? Where can they get, where can they find you? Absolutely. Uh, well, I have a Facebook group. It's called Burnout Solver 101. So you can look for me there. Uh, I also have a business page, which is Liz Bigger Coaching. If you want to send an email, it's Liz Bigger at LizBigger.com. And uh, my website is LizBigger.com. So if you want to find me, find me. I'd love it. Thank you so much for joining us. This is, you got to come back soon as you're, you're, you're so much cool stuff to come. You got a book coming out. You're, you're rolling in with new coaching. You, so much cool stuff. You got to come back and share with our audiences. Thanks for going. Oh, I would love it. I would love to.
I appreciate being here. Yeah, anytime, just let me know. And I would love to come back and let y'all know how things appreciate going you. on and just check. Yeah, appreciate you. Yo, yo, you made it to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. I really hope this was um, I hope this was a fun one for you. We love uh, these interviews. So if this was something that was profound, it hit you hard, share this with a friend. We don't monetize the podcast in any way, shape, or form. This is uh, strictly for personal development and growth. And frankly, it's a passion project of my own. So um, I really appreciate you all for not only taking the time to, to listen, but uh, in helping build this sh show. Uh, if it impacted you, the best way that you can help us and you can expand the Get After a Message is to share this with someone who needs it, uh, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, and to just, again, like share the word, like share this with your friends, share this with people who uh, could be impacted by this. And special, special thanks to our guests today. And with all that being said, I really hope this episode and the daily ones as well are helping you get after it in your life, work, business, whatever it is that you're rolling with. Let's roll. Let's get after it. Make it a great one. Talk soon.